misplaced priorities. Tonight, the troll, we forgot our mascots, but the, uh, the troll for tonight is misplaced priorities, and truth be told, our kids probably snagged them. River. River. Yeah. River snagged them. <laughs> she took the trolls and ran. Uh, They're on her bed. Are they really? Yeah. That's funny. This is going to be a good one, though. If you didn't get a paper, snag one. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of typos, um, but hopefully I have the same thing here in my notes that I'm looking at. And uh, honestly, this is the culmination. This is the last week, um, the last week of the series. We we hope it's been a blessing. We hope that it's it's been, and, and honestly, just thought-provoking. That's really where we're at. And we came at this from a perspective of, you know, hitting some of those negative things, those trolls, that was the idea, um, not necessarily the, the positive reinforcement or, or where you should be in kind of identifying some of these problems. And so I think that where do you go from here, you know? It's like getting the help that you need, getting the counseling. I think we hear more often than not folks don't go to counseling for one reason or another. They feel, um, you know, they feel like they nobody does that or they feel ashamed or it's not going to help or like we just have to debunk that you know and we have to swallow our pride and know that like counseling is something absolutely everybody should be in everybody like it it has if you're not in counseling you ought to be the weird one right we have to spin that we have to turn the culture on that and say like just because you've gone 40 years in marriage without counseling like, you don't get a merit badge for how many years you've come without seeing a counselor. Like, it's just not that way. But that's the culture we were raised in. And even to this, look, I mean, it's no secret I talk about some of the trouble that um, my parents have, have come into and her parents have had some trouble too. And everybody's had trouble, right? Um, but in this season, you know, I'm still, if, if you look at the pecking order of a family, I'm the baby of the family and so is she. Um, which is why our relationship works so well. We just spoil each other because we're both babies. Uh, but, you know, there's a little bit of truth to that. But anyway, and if you haven't studied birth order, it's fascinating, and you should do that. Um, but anyway, the, the point is, is, like, there's been moments and times where we've had to say to our own parents, like, hey, uh, like, I know that we're your kids, but, you know, you should go see a counselor, <laughs> you know, and, and you should think about getting help in some of these areas, um, and mental health, depression, anxiety, like these are things that, yes, this current generation goes way overboard on and we put, uh, anyway, that's a different conversation. But um, we struggle with that. We struggle with admitting those things and getting help for those things uh, and we shouldn't. So wherever you land, hopefully this is just like, hey, we've discovered a few things. Maybe troll number one, two or whatever. Uh, you know, and tonight, maybe tonight hits, a, hits one of those trolls for you. Uh, our goal is just that you would take that and work on that and talk about it and communicate and get some help. Go, go see a counselor. Uh, we're, and I'm well aware at this point that there we're like two or three couples in of people that we're trying to get on the schedule to help. So I'm not saying we're the best ones in that just because we're already busy and, and we're not getting to the people who we're trying to get to already. Um, but there's more counselors. There's tons of them out there. And, you know, if you say, well, it's Zoom or it's this and I don't like that. Once again, it doesn't need to be on, on your terms. Anywhere is, is just start where you can. And 
good, healthy habits. Like we can have conversations about that and talk about that. Um, but hopefully this stirred up something uh, that you can work with and maybe just kind of launch off that. Do you want to speak to that at all uh, in general so that I can take a sip of this coffee? No, I agree. That's what I would say. I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that a lot of us, you know, even if you aren't able to, you know, go to a certified type of counselor, I think that you should be able to find um, somebody in your life that you look up to or that you feel like is ahead of where you are. And everybody should be able to find that in somebody and that, you know, at least ask them, can I, can we talk to you guys? Can we sit down, um, you know, and see if that can be something. But I think that it's better to do something rather than nothing. Um, and as long as it's, uh, like faith, people who are faithful to God's word, obviously that would be a, that would be the one thing that's really important. Can you, um, Let's just jump in here. The troll is misplaced priorities. Um, it attacks us all. And so we want to give a little bit of a context here in terms of Scripture and kind of where we're coming from, and then we'll jump in. If we finish a little early, then we'll take some questions at the end. But um, let's see if we can get through this, get through this uh, as quick as we can. And there's not a whole lot of material. There is a lot of discussion and talking points. Um, but we may get through it pretty quick. Uh, baby mama, do you mind reading those first two scriptures? Uh, Proverbs 11 and 1. Dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord, but an accurate weight is his delight. First John two fifteen through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lusts is passing away. But the one who does the will of God remains forever. So good. So look at that first verse there, Proverbs 11.1. 1. If you know it in King James, it's a false balance is an abomination in King James, if you're familiar with that. But I like this rendering too. Dishonest scales. Think about that. That's loaded. Dishonest scales are detestable to the Lord. I almost think like I like that better. In, in a sense, but we don't think false balance in, in terms of uh, dishonest scales. In other words, it's rigged. Do you see that? It, j it just hit me in that. Like, yeah. I always look at this as a false balance is an abomination of the Lord. So we should seek to be balanced, but Solomon is saying a little bit more in that. He's saying a rigged system, when it pertains to being out of balance, is detestable. It's an abomination to the Lord. Watch this. But an accurate weight is his what? Delight. The Lord wants to see things in balance. And that's the theme for tonight. When it comes to misplaced priorities, we're not saying that these are bad things. You're going to hear us talk about it from a critical angle and also a positive angle. But we're not saying these things are bad. What we are saying is that we see them out of balance. We see them in a, in a way in such that society and or marriages and relationships have rigged them. Rigged them in an unhealthy way, an out of balance way. And then take a look at the, the scripture from 1 John, famous verse. These three areas plague us as Christians, but it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world... And here's these three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 
and the pride in one's possessions. I've heard so many sermons on like how to like categorize those three things, but you get the point. You know, coveting, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride in one's possessions, watch this, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And, and what John is saying here is the world's going to pass away, so if what you're doing is tethered to those things and they're going to pass away, then what really are you accomplishing in life, right? If, if what you're doing is rigged, if the system is rigged, so to speak, uh, it's going to pass away. But, but if you do the will of God, it will abide what? Forever. It's meaningful. There's some, there's some substance there, right? Uh, and so here, here's kind of the statement to get us going. Stop me anywhere. I'm just going to roll with the scriptural spot, but um, anywhere you want to add anything. The enemy will seek to use what we would deem as good things, in quotes, to distract us and manipulate us. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe the good things in your life that you know are right and wholesome, maybe the devil is using those things in a wrong way to manipulate you. Good things being used in a wrong way. I heard a pastor, and I don't necessarily subscribe to everything he says, but I heard a pastor say this one time, and I think it's a good saying. The devil doesn't want you to do what he wants you to do. He wants you to do what you want what you want to do. Because if he gets you to do what you want to do, then you're not doing what who? What God wants you to do. He doesn't care. Like, people think that he wants, you know, the devil wants you, like, sacrificing animals in the backyard with pentagrams and Ouija boards. Not, yeah, that's probably satanic, but it's also satanic to disobey your parents. It's also satanic to disobey God. All right, here we go. You get what I'm saying. The devil doesn't really care what you do as long as it's not what God wants you to do. And so I think there's another layer of his deception, and that's where he uses good things in an unhealthy way to take you out of the game. So continuing on this line of thought, good things can become bad things if the good things are not put in proper order. Remember, a rigged system, a false balance, it's an abomination to the Lord, dishonest scales. We have to put them in proper order. God's design and what his kingdom offers are all things in moderation and subjection to his will. So that's the goal. When you think about just scales or a proper balance, what we're saying is things that are in order as it pertains to his kingdom. Here's another way I say this, gospel-centered. Has anybody ever heard me say gospel-centered in like a message or anything like that, right? Gospel-centered, that's what I mean. When I'm, when I'm saying that, I mean a worldview that you're looking through the lens of how God would prioritize things according to his kingdom. Give me scripture for that, pastor. Thank you. I'd love to. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness and all these things will be added, will be provided for you. So it's, it's not about, once again, the thing. It's about the order in which we pursue things. It's about a just weight. It's about saying the scales are right. And we've, we've positioned this in such a way that he gets first dibs. We talk about it in our giving. Is the Lord first in our finances, right? Because if he's not first, if he ain't first, you're what? <laughs> anyway, love that. 
So, but, but you get the point. You understand kind of like where we're coming from with, with this is that the Lord has a structure that he would like to see, you know, gospel-minded people, Christians, live. And that's kingdom-first mentality. Do I see this perspective from the kingdom of God first? So uh, the things that we will discuss are all great things, but only if they are lived out through the context of the kingdom of God. And we will show two sides to this. Uh, priorities and I think I uh, yeah there it is the first typo <laughs> and show how uh, they can be misplaced so these are all good things good things that we're going to approach from two different sides we really like this this perspective right so there's two words the first one is neglect and the second one second one is idolize so if you can kind of sense the polarity in these one would be neglect, one would be idolizing, would be on the far other side. And so we'll take those two mindsets, we'll tease these three things out. This is not an exhaustive list. These are just three that we decided nothing, to choose. I mean, nothing that we've taught has been no. exhaustive for sure. There's so much, you know, to learn, I feel like. It's a mighty deep you can, Huh? Remember that old Southern Gospel song? No. Anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. So many books, so many <laughs> podcasts, so many things that you can, you know, get into. Like he said, it truly is just... A springboard and hopefully it'll you know there are certain points or topics that have um, just piqued your interest or said you know that you've said we this is something that I think we really if we could figure this out it would really help us a lot so yeah certainly not exhaustive um, but the first one we have here is children so um, you know clearly children are a blessing right the Bible tells us that and we experience it sometimes just kidding <laughs> um they haven't been a blessing lately but we <laughs> they've been difficult lately rex is always a blessing rex is yeah, such a is. blessing <laughs> he's our favorite notice I how would, i lumped I you into that say <laughs> he's my favorite i always say he's my favorite yeah he's he's a really sweet baby though anyway the lord knew we needed it yeah come on man um <laughs> but of course so he said we have two you know, both sides of it. So neglect, obviously neglecting your children. We don't mean that on a abusive level, but we mean right. it on a level of, uh, you know, I think that it looked different maybe a long time ago. A long time ago, it looked like go play outside and don't come back until the streetlights come on and you just let your kid be raised by whoever's out there. Um, now it looks a little bit more like go play on your iPad, go turn on the TV. What do you, what show do you want? Here's my phone. What, you know, keeping them constantly entertained and amused by electronics or, um, you know, whatever, I guess, that you have in your home that would keep them busy and not allow you to actually be the one to raise them. Yeah, so if we look at the polarity there, the neglect would be allowing external sources to raise your children and idolizing your children. And, and this is something that we 110% do in our society. And if you don't see this, you're blind. I mean, in a big way. And, and this would be more of what I would say. We, we have like a, a sprinkling of both, right, that we struggle with in society. But idolizing your children would be this, allowing the children to dictate their own raising. Neglect, you let other external sources. Now, what's the command from Scripture? train up a child in the way he or she should go and when they're old they won't depart it's the parents responsibility to what rear the children from the rear <laughs> just kidding see what i did there yeah uh but 
we understand. Y'all are just, uh, hey, y'all take a breath. Take a deep breath real quick. Is anybody going to need to get some popcorn or some lemonade? No, we just need to talk about sex again. I so. know. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about last night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but just trying to liven y'all up a little it bit. It did work. <laughs> Jeez. Talk about child rearing. I know my kids are bad. Look, neglect or, and look, and I think it's funny, like we have, our kids are in the spotlight because um, they're always here and they're always around, but we do have quite a few people that say, oh, you have good kids. And we know that you're telling us that because we just want to hear it <laughs> and that you're trying to be an encouragement. No, but it, it's, it's something that we work hard at. We take our, we take child rearing very seriously. And to the point that we actually are sw- swimming upstream from what the culture would do in terms of their education. Um, and I know not everybody has a teaching degree. My wife does. Um, you know, it, it's just, we, we're blessed in that. But the woman could go get a job wherever she wanted. And she chooses to stay home and raise our children and teach our children. And it, it's, I mean, I can't think of anyone else that I would rather have, you know, influencing my kids than my wife, their mother, right? She's going to love them more than anyone else on the face of the planet. And, and so I think that we sometimes let culture once again step in and tell us how, we, how they think it should be. And is that really what we should be doing? Like, look at the culture. It's a train wreck out there, is it not? I mean, it's not only is it just like the content and what they're learning isn't good, but it's like, are they even safe, right? I mean, that's been the big, big topic lately. It's like scary, I mean, it's, it is, it's scary, uh, but it, I digress. The point is, are you as a parent, everybody's going to land in different places on these issues. We're not here to say, come over to our side. We're just saying, take a side, be present, be active, neglect or idolizing are both a false balance, a rigged system that you're either letting Disney raise your child or you're letting your child tell you how they're going to be raised, a.k.a. how everyone else is being raised. And that's how they know, mommy, you're not going to do that to me. And I want that, fr- that fresh pair of Jordans and uh, whatever. The child's dictating, right? Like, it's so, it's bad. This is what we call a misplaced priority. The priority should be your children. But in a balanced approach where you are saying, I'm the one calling the shots, and what you're allowing, you are allowing, not them pushing you to allow. And here's where it is. Like, and I'm going to just turn, you need to talk on this. You're so much more better at, at this conversation than I am. But the point is, is like, this is where rest comes in. This is where like the hamster wheel comes in. We've got them in a hundred things. You're run, 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 run. There's no family dinners. There's no time. And you think to myself, well, what, what could I do differently? Well, slow down, number one. Take a breath. You don't have to put them in all the things that everybody's putting everybody in all the things. Well, we're making memories. (laughs) For what? You know what, that child, you know what memories will mean more to them? That winning goal or that conversation that they had with mom and dad, that they were able to actually discover something from the inside out. We put so much outside-in pressure on our kids, they implode. You don't believe me? Look at the depression rate. Look at the suicide rate with kids. It's all performance-based. Why? We're letting our kids be reared by external forces. 
external pressure pushing our children. That's a misplaced priority. If they're loved from within and they're living out from a place of worth, from a place of care and love, being reared scripturally in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, those are confident, fun-loving, balanced children. Man. This is like a... (laughs) (laughs) No, I would just add, I think that it's really important for those of us who have kids that are school age or, you know, somewhere in that realm. I think it's important to prioritize, you know, what, what matters for you and your family in light of the gospel, right? So how... How does that play out for you, and how can you apply that into your kids' lives? So if playing a sport is something that you think, okay, this is a good way for them to make friends, and then we're going to meet people that we could possibly invite to church and, you know, have in our lives, I think that's great. But the thing is that when you get to the point where you're just sport to sport to activity to activity, and you and there's so much of it, you're not in that mindset. You're not at a game chilling and chatting with the other parents and having a good time you're just you're frazzled you're in a rush you're you know texting people for the next thing and trying to figure things out you're really not you're not being intentional at all about it you're really just dragging your kid from thing to thing so you know I'm we we have our kids and things they do music lessons they do jujitsu um you know we're about to have some summer tutoring so like we do things but it's all you know, we really try to filter it through um, what our goals are for our family and how those things play into them. And I think, you know, we have people in here who have adult children. And mm. I think that definitely don't don't pass over this one thinking like, oh, we're done, check, raised our kids. That's such a good you point. You know, we, yeah. we experience this on the other end. We are yeah. the children. Right. And, um, you know, I still think that it's really important to um, look at these two things, you know, what do your adult children need from you? You know, what do they need you to enable things in their lives that they are doing that are not okay? The answer is no. Do they need encouragement in certain things? Do they need support in certain things? And I think it's really important for you to um, figure out how best to transition, how you serve your kids. You're not running them around from different practices and things like that. You're You are done kind of with the hard part of all of the logistics, yeah. but what you have to do is still very hard, and what you have left is, um, I think it still takes a lot of work yeah. and a lot of care and attention um, to show your adult children that you still love them and you still care for them and that you want to be there for them um, and that you are, you know, also just it's, just, it's the same thing. It's a balance. When it becomes, when their life still is what you're completely wrapped up in, that's not yeah. good either. Neglect or idolize. Right. It's, it's still the same. You can still find yeah. yourself very emotionally tied in with your adult children. And I think you can also find yourself to where you're just like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. So I think it's still something where you need to find that balance and figure out how you can be there for your adult children. Um, it just it looks very different, you know, from... Uh, where we are, but, um, you know, we have our own experiences, and we, we know that um, when our kids become adults, you know, uh, we have a priority that we just want them to want to come home. Like, that's, that's, the, that's really it. We want them to be successful, and we want them to love the Lord, and we want them to want to come home. So now so that's what we filter things through. this is something that she says, like, and, and I, want, I want you to know this, like, she's intentional about this. She says this weekly, if not every other day. I mean it. Like, it, it is literally 
Rainy, like, you know that when you're 18, 19, 20, all, we really just want to have family dinners still. And we're not saying every night, <laughs> I mean, if they want, whatever. But that's, this is something that she literally says to them. And, and that's, that's how you begin down the path of something like that, right? How many of us see adult children and their parents have awful relationships, right? I mean, it's just awful. And so instead of just saying, oh, it's always so bad, you know what I mean? Like, we talk bad about it, but what are we doing? How intentional are we? She says this to them every week, multiple times a week. Like, we want this to be a relationship where you're going to come home. What she's not saying, and I know this from her experience, is we're going to condone everything you're doing. Because the idolized piece is, Parents think, I have to not make them upset ever, and that's how they're going to come over. That's, but see, they, they screw that up from the beginning, and they have that type of relationship. Our kids know we don't pull punches with them. We tell them when they're wrong, and we're still able to love through those situations. And so this is what we're saying. Is it out of balance from that perspective? Correct it, and correct it now. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Anyway, I, sh- I want to jump in there and let them know. Like, it is like literally this is what she's saying is important to her. And it's so much so that this is communicated to our children at a very young age. And I don't, and I don't try to guilt them. No. I don't want them to feel like, oh, I'm not going to love you anymore if you don't come home. I want them to know I love you so much that even when you're grown up and even when you feel like this isn't your home anymore, I still want you to come here and feel like, you're loved here and that yeah. you can come here. And I, you know, I'll tell Rainy, I was telling River the other day, I saw this, um, like old, you know, this lady was probably like in her eighties and her adult daughter were shopping in the grocery store. And the old lady was like getting snippy with her about what brand of what to grab. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be me and one of my daughters one, one day. <laughs> and then she was like making the, she wanted the daughter's help, but then she like didn't want her to do the certain things. And I was just laughing about it. And I came home and I was like, will you girls promise to take me shopping when I'm old and take me <laughs> to the grocery store. And they were like, yeah, we'll take you mom. And I said, thanks. But it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I look at. And yeah. I'm like, I want to still have that kind of relationship with my kids when I'm, that age, you yeah. know, and I, it's just, I, I think it's still that it's priorities, right? Like you have to live your life with that long-term priority in mind of what do I want eventually? And I want, and I think all of us want a, a relationship, a good relationship with our kids for a long time. And so it's yeah. just important to be um, keeping that in view every time you have a conversation with them when they're little kids and times when you have phone calls with them as adults, you know, what you say matters to them, how you say it matters to them. Mm-hmm. And it's just so important to to think, okay, if I want them to come home for family dinner, then I probably shouldn't probably shouldn't insert my opinion here. Or I probably shouldn't say yeah. this thing or, you know, I, if I want them to call me tomorrow, maybe I should, you yeah. know, think through this topic before I decide to... Um, you know, give my side of it. But it's it's just, I think it's important from the bottom all the way up. Mm -hmm. Put those mechanisms in place in your relationship with them to correct those things so that you can have a healthy, balanced relationship. Um, We can talk more about that. But yeah, career. So a misplaced priority can be a career. And once again, this is two-sided, right? Uh, Neglect would be unmotivated, lazy behavior that tends toward complacency. That's not good. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not good if you're lazy and unmotivated. I think scripture says that if you don't care for your family, you're worse than an infidel. I mean, it's, it's a thing, right? Scripture says uh, you work. If, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't what? Eat. Like, these are scriptural principles. What we're not saying is uh, that, that, you know, being lazy is okay. Absolutely not. Uh, neglect, but idolizing your career is a means, your idolizing would be this, your career is a means for survival, and therefore everything revolves around it. Look, you have to like, and, and this is something that I have just 110% struggled with the majority of my life um, because of how I was raised, and I had this mentality in my mind that I mean, my dad used to, like, tell me, son, your family's going to starve. <laughs> you know, your, your family's going to starve if you don't learn to work. You know, and it was just, like, that fear, I was like, oh, man, my family's not going to starve. You know what I mean? Like, my wife has never been worried of whether or not I would provide for our family. Like, that's never been a fear. But I had to identify <laughs> through good godly counsel that there were seeds that were sown into me at a young age that were fearful seeds. And so I had in my mind that my career is how I survive. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Take no thought, another scripture, Matthew 21, take no thought for tomorrow, for the things of tomorrow will take care of them what? Themselves. What ye shall eat, what ye shall drink. A fearful mindset is not a scriptural mindset. Neglect isn't good and idolizing it, knowing that I'll do whatever it takes for my boss because that's how I survive. Your job is not the end all be all. Your, your work ethic, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold, Proverbs says. If I, I mean, I don't want to lose my job here at the church, but if I lost my job here tomorrow, guess what, where I'd be somewhere else? The next day, I'd find another job. I mean, it happened to us. Like, maybe not the same pay, maybe not the same rate, maybe I've start over, like, it is what it is. Look at what's below career. Look at it right there in your notes. Sabbath mentality reminds us that the Lord provides for us, and we are merely the beneficiaries. This is a mindset piece that works hard from a place of gratitude. If, so that the whole concept of a Shabbat or a Sabbath in Scripture is to rest on the seventh day. People confuse this with going to church on Sundays. It's not Sabbath, especially not for a pastor. Sunday is like my craziest day of the week, right? Uh, there's nothing restful about my Sundays. Maybe for you, not for me. So don't, don't confuse the two, right? Sabbath is a day where you're resting. And the point is not to give you rest, Many confuse that as well. That's a, that's a secondary issue. The main point of Sabbath is saying, I can stop doing what I'm doing for a whole day out of the week, and it's going to continue. Because it's not my labor that is perpetuating my success. It's who? It's God. We don't know how to Shabbat well. We don't know how to practice Sabbath well. I don't know how to practice Sabbath well. I'm not good at This is something that I'm praying in the Lord constantly to sanctify me and redeem me in this area, but I'm trying to get there. Why? Because our society is not built this way. We have to have 1,500 businesses and side hustles to feel like we're something important, right? 
because it's what we idolize. Grant Cardone, every, you know, Facebook ad coming in, you know, it's like, look at my Jets and my Bentleys. It's like, oh, my gosh. Every rapper when I was 18, you know what I mean? It was like, cars and clothes, 24. <laughs> like, that's the mentality, right? We stuff, 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 stuff. We should make, like, like really bad rap, but, like, making fun of that, you know? It'd be funny. But good beats. Maybe you work on the beat part, Terry. But, like, understand what I'm saying. Career means that what wherever God goes like this, watch. And wherever he puts you, you're going to do the best you can. You're going to do as to the Lord and not to men in whatever you're in. But when we idolize our career, watch this. We'll be unethical in our careers. We'll put our career in front of our children. We'll put our career in front of our mate. We'll put our career in front of anything because we need that money. You understand what I'm saying? We, we don't have a good handle on money and finances. Therefore, we're not able to practice this the way. I mean it. Like, it trickles down. And we can talk about, we're going to talk about money, actually. Have you settled on that? Or are, we, are we rolling? So it, we, we are going to talk about money in the coming weeks. But, but church, like, <laughs> this thing, this mentality, whether you have money or not, whether you have savings or not, whether you're on baby step one or baby step eight of Dave Ramsey's plan, it doesn't matter. This should be a mindset shift now, right now. Are you out of balance in your career? Is it neglect? If you're lazy, I don't really have time for you. You're going to find a different counselor. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I'll tell you. That's okay. Come on in. I'll kick your tush if you need it. But if you idolize it, you're not doing anyone any favors. Are you working in... in Pursuing from a place of being filled or being empty. Do you want to add to that? Hit the next one. All right, our last one is home. So this one was funny when we were writing these. So we have number one, neglect. Your standard of living is a stumbling block to others. And for idolize, the same. Your standard of living is a stumbling block to others. I thought it was funny. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were it thinking about it. And we were like, it's the same, right? It's different standards of living. Um, so, you know, we feel like both, both of these things, your, your children, your family, your career, all your, your ministry, how you serve in church, so much of it honestly goes back to your home and it's, it's so important. And I think that, um, you know, for most families, I know it's not the same for everybody, but I feel like the career is usually carried more by, you know, the husbands in most families. And then the home is typically carried more by the wife. Um, you know, it's, it, it's just sort of a natural thing that happens. I know some husbands cook, Matt cooks occasionally, and like we all contribute all around in different ways, but it's, you know, our homes are, they're so, so important. They, you know, they really lay a foundation and we all have different standards of living. Like we talk about this, you know, different people have different standards. However, we have to be careful that whatever those are, that they are not a stumbling block for the people that are in our home. And, um, you know, I think we grew up a little bit different as far as our homes are concerned. Um, my mom has a very high standard for how her home is kept and very... Uh, the Hispanics very aren't like high, the white people, I'm telling standard. you. It, was, it wasn't, our house wasn't nothing like theirs. Um, so I, you know, I grew up that way that everything was cleaned in its place and, you know, we didn't like take too many things out at once and when you... You know, when you make something, you clean up after it, and when, like, just all, you know. I don't know just if they know. My wife's maiden name is Delgado. 
there's yeah. like some some Latina over there. Anyway, yes. they're looking at me like Mexican. No, it was a joke. <laughs> Calm down. I'm our, ho- our houses were very different. Know. Very. Yeah, our house is not quite big like that. time. It's not yeah. okay. It's not like huge. That <laughs> I mean, it was like a canyon. No, I'm kidding. It oh, I thought you meant our house versus my house growing up. That's what I thought you were oh, saying. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, culturally there was differences. Yes. In how your mom runs a household versus how my mom would. Like, yes. it was two totally different yes, things. Yes, very different. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so my, my family, I definitely grew up not in the neglect land at all, but <laughs> maybe a little in the idolized land. Right. And I, I can say that from experience it puts a lot of stress and my mom would agree that she has changed on that. You know, she's kind of gotten like, yeah, I, it doesn't really matter that much, I guess, if this happens or if this gets left out or whatever. It's just not worth it to pick a fight with somebody over this thing. It's just dumb. Um, so she recognizes that. But, you know, I grew up kind of feeling that stress and pressure of um, forgetting to do that or forgetting to put this away or I forgot to rinse out the shower when I was done or you know, whatever, these little things that came up. And so, you know, we've established what we feel like works for our home, and we're constantly working toward that. But, um, you know, it's, I think that so many people, we were just talking about this, like, as far as our home. So we've, we've lived in several homes through the years, and our first home was like a total fixer-upper. Well, actually, our first two homes were. But we didn't live in the second one while we were fixing it up. The, well, kind of. The first one was bad. We didn't cross the finish line. Too. No, no. But but the first home that we lived in, you know, it was just very old and, and run down. And we, you know, we, it was just a lot. Um, and our first bedroom, we had literally an air mattress. And then, um, Two egg a st- no, it was a stackable. Stack. Like those plastic stackables for one side Some table. And then a crate for the other side table. And that was what we started with. And that was not our ideal bedroom. That wasn't like, oh, this is our haven of rest yeah, and relaxation. Yeah, we're talking about an air mattress from Walmart. Yeah, it wasn't a nice air mattress. Yeah, we're not talking about no aero bed. I no. mean, this was like we had patches just in case it deflated in yeah. the middle of the night. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. And it was like the old carpet, the nicotine walls, and well, we, we had ro- tore. We ripped the carpet out. Yep, and so it's like tack strip still. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, it was not. Yeah. it was not by any means a peaceful haven. But... You know, we kind of, we got to a point where at least we, like, bought a mattress, <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, we put together a bedroom, and, you know, Matt painted this, like, cool design on our walls, which is so funny now, but at the time, it, it was, was hideous. totally... It was hideous. It, it was, it was, it was so totally bad. something you'd see on HGTV <laughs> yeah. back then, though. Um, and we just bought cheap side tables from Ikea, and we made... I built the bed out of two-by-fours yeah, and a piece of OSB. Like, uh-huh. it was not... And I remember at first, you didn't have the right support in the bottom, and the bed, it like, sank. sunk when you lay down. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I gotta uh, run to Home Depot, get yeah. a sheet of plywood. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. But, you know, but we did create... Living on love. Oh, my gosh. Bind. Anyway. But we did, you know, we worked toward creating spaces that we could enjoy and, yeah. and relax in. And, and we realized how as we put our home together and as we refinished floors and, you know, did all the little things that we did... It, it brought a sense of um, just coming home and feeling like this was our space and this was yeah. our place and this is where our family did life together. And we started to experience that more and more. And then it was like, okay, the next house, we can't move into it like that. You know, we've yeah. got to have a different, we had a different standard at that point because we knew that we wanted to have that in our home. We mm-hmm. wanted to have that place that felt um, just welcoming and warm and inviting for us, something that worked for us. And it's, I think that some people fall into that neglect zone because they think, oh, I don't have time or I don't have money or I don't have 
whatever it is, fill in the blank. And, you know, you really have to, to work with what you have mm -hmm. and do your best to make it that kind of space for your family. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just not like you're, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret having that kind of, um, you know, that kind of thing to come home to and to welcome your kids into, whether yeah. it be after school or as adults, you know, like we talked about. But you can talk about the next one, the idolizing. Yeah, well, I think, too, it's like um, you've seen this in, in memes and pictures about, you know, what Baltimore City used to be, you know, and people were outside washing the marble, you know, stoop that everybody sits on, you know what I mean? And it was like you, you walk into some people's houses in the city and it's like spotless on the inside in a rundown neighborhood. And they take pride in what they have. And and that's kind of like the balance here. It's this can be the home. And, and we say this because the idolized piece, I mean, look at it. Like the HGTV, the uh, the Joanna Gaines and, and like all of this. It's like my house has to be this incredible thing. And it's not true. It's something that you have to steward. It's a place, like, think about what your home is supposed to be. And we were talking about Lockwood, uh, our first house, and it was like in a season when we were a youth pastor, I mean, we had 40, 50 teens in that house. Mm -hmm. And it was the season that we were in, it was like what we had, we were using it for whatever God had for us at that, at that moment. And so if it's, if it's on the idolizing piece, then the fine line of, of what we're saying here, your standard of living is a stumbling block. We've seen it. Either your house is dirty and, and you don't want to have, people don't want to come over because like cleanliness is not important to you or this is just where we're at. You, you know what I mean? Or it's on the opposite end that everything, it's all about status, right? People that are statusy with their house and this is where we live and this is what it is and look at all my nice things. That's a stumbling block to people. You know, like, it doesn't, does anybody see that, like, in society? How, and, and maybe it's just, it depends on who your group, who your people are that you associate with or your family, right? But it shouldn't matter. Christians, and you see this with Jesus, right? He was a friend with the publicans and sinners, right? But also Zacchaeus. What was Zacchaeus? Does anybody know? Like, that dude had money. Crazy money. You know? Like, he could go and recline with those folks, and it didn't matter what side of the railroad track, so to speak, he was on. He was all things, Paul put it this way, I became all things to who? All men. That I might, by all means, save who? Some. The point is, is wherever you are, if you're in your starter home just starting out and it's a dump, you take care of that dump. You sweep and you use whatever you have to polish those floors. Even if you can't get them refinished, it's okay. I'll, I'll be all right with it. <laughs> but like there was a time when I couldn't afford product to refinish it and I could do the work. Right? Like I know how to, I know Paul said how to be a base how to, and how to abound. It doesn't matter. Don't let society tell you you're less than or more than. This goes back to the career piece. Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever what? State I am therewith to be content. Your home should be a haven for your family and an open door for folks to be able to, to see Jesus through your family. And so cleanliness is kind of our main point on neglect. When people just say this is, this is as good as it's ever going to get for us, 
Like, don't, doggone it, I keep messing up. I just sent it. Nothing, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I hit the one wrong button, it led to the next wrong button. We're finished up anyway. But the, the point is, is this mentality of your home should be whatever standard, wherever God has blessed you, folks come in, they're welcome, your place is clean, and you take pride in what the Lord has given you. And from that place, like, it shouldn't be a point of contention. And this is something that we've had to work on. It's like, look, if, if it's not perfect, you have to be okay with that, right? Because if it's the home that's being idolized and everything has to be a certain way and we're on to the next thing, number one, the people who come through that don't look at things that way, they're not going to feel comfortable. So consider, like, when, when it comes to, like, your, your living area, your space, your home, think about what your, the environment that you're crafting. Are all the neighborhood kids coming to your house? Look, we got kids eating out of our fridge in our, in our house. When our garage goes open, I mean, there's this one boy in particular in the neighborhood, he knows where the popsicles are. I mean, he just does. Like, they're all coming because I've got all my kids are... All their stuff's everywhere, you know, and I'm like, HOA, you don't like it? Let us put up a fence. <laughs> but that ain't the way it is. It's, it's everywhere. People know that, our, I mean, people are over at our house all the time. Is it hard sometimes to keep it clean? Yes. Do we have to pay somebody to help us keep it clean? Yeah. It, it's, it is what it is. Like, it's wherever you are, but you know what we say? We're like, Lord, this is, guess what? This is your house. And we're, we're going to steward this to the best of our abilities, and she's not going to get upset with me when I don't pick up the socks or whatever or do it the, the exact way, right? And, and also, I need to be able to receive the exhortation from her when I'm letting it slide a little too much. Is it perfect or is it lived in? Is it welcoming and inviting, right? Or you don't let nobody come over there. Like, there's... What word are we going for tonight? There's a balance, right? There's a balance in this, and there's a balance in all things. And so these are just three areas that misplaced priorities. And here's where this hits on the financial end. People pay way too much. They, they want that house so bad, they'll live in bad conditions because they want something that's outside of their budget. Do you see how that can play into this exact same mentality and mindset? Kids want what their parents have. I mean, we see that all the time. Talk to people, it's like, you want what? <laughs> they don't want the Lockwood hustle. They don't want the ten, nine years of living in a, in a construction zone. Oh, this is nice house. <laughs> That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of saving. Nobody knows, right? You do you, you walk the life that God has, but when you walk it, think about this. Am I a stumbling block to people on this end of me or this end of me? Am I living in such a way that anybody could find Jesus through what I'm doing, through our relationship, through our marriage, through our union? Does that make sense? All right, here's what we'll do. We're gonna, if you need to jet, jet, we're gonna take, Eight minutes. We'll go to 8.20, and we'll shut out this series with any comments, questions, thoughts you want us to give you a little bit of feedback. If you need to leave, jump, go. We'll only go to 8.20, though, if you want to stay and hang out. All right.
any questions or thoughts, maybe from tonight, maybe from a previous week, something that's been itching? What do we got? All good? Man, nothing? Don't make me fill this space. I will. I'll fill it. I'll fill every last one of those seven minutes. Nothing. I think I would I would just add this about tonight. I think a good take home would just be to um, I actually I don't think this is at the bottom, but just um, I think with each category, it, you could look for your purpose. So if this is something you want to sit down and talk about, what is our purpose right now in our children's lives? Yeah. What is our purpose in our careers? What is our purpose in our home? And I think that that would help will help you filter through like you know just how you're how you're using those things and how you're. Yeah. Um, you know, how you're setting up your priorities. But yeah. I think finding the purpose in each one would be a, a good action point to talk about. Next week, we're going to start uh, the conversation about finances. And that's going to continue for probably another probably four or five weeks. And uh, we want to give helpful resources and tips and tricks. Some of it's going to be Ramsey stuff. Um, but kind of what Mike was saying was not just all that, all one way or one perspective. Um, and I know, like, if you are business savvy, you like some of Dave Ramsey stuff, but not all of it. Um, you know, I mean, that's my personal take. There's some things I like, and who am I to, to say, oh, I don't like all of it. I mean, the guy's a millionaire, right? But he has a different perspective. So we just want to give you some, some tools and some helpful hints. Um, and obviously, we're coming into a building season of our church where, look, I, I want to, like, bust all these walls out. I want to make this church, like, a beacon of light, even more so than it already is. And it's, it's just going to take a big invest, investment of all of us. Time, money, resources, it's going to be a, a lot. And so we, we, we don't want to do that from a place of weakness. We want to do that from a place of financial strength. So we're going to hit some of that and start going over that for the next few weeks. So you won't want to miss that. But any other questions, thoughts? What do you got? Come on. Any good stuff, good feedback, anything, anything you want to add before I fill out these last five minutes? Y'all are so quiet tonight. It was hot today, wasn't it? Is that what it is? How many of the heat's just taking it out of you today? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Anything? Yes, ma'am. I think that the career piece, right, if we are walking in our career in a balanced approach, knowing that everything that we're doing is strength that he gave us, a job and a career that he gave us, and, like, the, if the career piece and the money piece is right, the home piece will follow. We'll be able to take pride in what we have because it's what we can afford, and it's clean, it's, it's decent, it's in order, right? Um, and I think that's kind of where when we see folks on the other end, it's like, well, because it's not as nice, they just, they, they don't really care as much. And that's more of like, look, and what, wherever you are, I mean, our, our bathroom at Lockwood, we had a piece of plastic hung in it because we couldn't afford the tile to put up yet. 
So it was like we were showering in plastic. So how do you keep that clean? Well, you change it out every now and then. You know what I mean? So it's like we get it. Like there are just seasons of life that are tough. There are seasons of life that we didn't have money to go out to eat fast food and a $10 bill blew against the fence and we're like, yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so it it just, it's seasons. You know, life is in seasons. But if we can put this thing in balance, you know, where we're okay, we know we're not being lazy, we know we're working hard, and we let God hold that tension, it's going to be okay. And, I mean, some of us make mistakes. I mean, We've been there. I mean, I've made some doozies, you know, where it's like I had this idea or this thing, you know. If you're an entrepreneurial person, you're going to fail, you know. And so I've lived in failure where it's like, man, that was not the best idea, <laughs> you know. But I've also had some good ones, you know. So whatever state, you know, it's, it is a fine line. It's so difficult. And then when you, when you have some success, it's like, no, 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 take heed lest she what? fall it's tough i could be wrong did you mean more about like your like your possessions is that what you meant kind of like oh yeah i might not have hit your question at all did you mean more like taking pride in your home that's kind of what he was saying Yeah, I think that if you are walking in that, like, God has done this, then you, you have a lot less, uh, like, attachment to those things, right? So if if you're, um, I feel like people who are more maybe in that space with their home and they have more of that prideful side, then they are less apt to open their home to people or less apt to allow, um, you know, people to come in that they aren't sure how they're going to care for their chairs at their table or their whatever it is and it's like I think when it's when you have that feeling like well I I take pride in it to the to the extent that God has given me this and I'm going to take care of it and use it to the best of its ability but maybe not to the point that you would say well I don't really want to invite them over because last time they came over they broke our mirror or last time they were over they you know so I think it's kind of that balance of like if you or if you're in a place that you're like this is all the Lord's and I'm taking care of it, and I want to use it for whatever he wants me to use it for. I think if you're in that space, then it helps keep you away from that line, Um, as opposed to if you're, like, holding it with a real tight grasp, like, this is mine, and I need to make sure this stays really perfect and nice because it's mine, you know? It's 820. uh, this, This whole perspective, right, is Christ and the church. Is your relationship, is your marriage, is your home, is your career, is your child rearing all pointing to somebody, and that's Jesus. If you have the super nice home, and y'all's home is very lovely, by the way. Love it. Love that deck. What a great spot. There are people that you're going to reach, right, with, with that deck, with that spot. People in your community. Here's what the Bible calls them. You ready? Neighbors. Like, we don't think about that, do we? Reach your neighbor. We think co- that's actually, you know what God sent? Your next door who? 
neighbor in whatever er wherever you are it doesn't matter look wherever you are make what you have something that god can what use make your marriage something that god can use and so that that's our goal get these trolls out of there get them out run them out and may it be a relationship that's pleasing to the lord whatever it is your house your career wherever he's placed you gospel-centered lens who needs Jesus around us? Well, we better get our stuff straight, woman, so that we can reach others, right?